Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. gates and ready to go hot mic is underway the tuesday edition is here hope everyone's having a great afternoon hunt and withrow coming up in 20 minutes michael mckinry at&t sportsnet pirates analyst major league baseball analyst a lot to discuss as the season now uh more than in full swing a couple of weeks in and some trends starting to develop a lot to to get into there john mcclain will join us to discuss what the Texans will do if Carolina decides to draft Bryce Young atop this NFL draft and which quarterback would the Texans go with. We all think it's C.J. Stroud, but is it? That's coming up in hour number two. Plus, Pete Prisco, not as high on Will Anderson, the top pass rusher, and I believe he is. Uh, Prisco's got him way down the board. We'll have the CBS Sports Analyst, a uh, good friend of the show as well, uh, Cheat, 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 Pete Prisco with us in Hour 3. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. Chris Sims, also not a big Will Anderson guy. No? Based on his rankings of edge rushers in this draft. I think Will Anderson is suffering from what a lot of top prospects suffer from. It's when you just have a really good player that there's not a lot to nitpick. Yeah. The further the draft process goes on, the more likely those players that are solid with no real weaknesses start to get discounted. And the new flashy things start to get raised a bit. Their profiles start to rise. I think we're seeing that with Will Anderson. I'll ask Pete Prisco about that effect with guys. I think it's natural human nature that you've heard about someone for so long and then you start to nitpick the closer you get to draft day on that player. Will Anderson, no different. Yep, and we will also get, dive into the, the third overall pick, which is currently held by Arizona, and the fact that there could be multiple teams trying to move up ahead of Indianapolis. Which team and which quarterback will get the and draw the biggest price tag? Chad, I mentioned baseball, and Michael McHenry, the fort, joins us uh, in about 15 minutes or so. The teams that are off to the hot starts, will, of course, the Rays at 10-0. and 0. Uh, first time since 87 we've seen we've seen 10 straight to begin the season. Other teams off to slow starts that we think will begin to pick up. But then there is the wasteland of teams and fan bases that know, well, the season's here and the season may be over. So I'm watching last night my team, the Atlanta Braves, take on the Cincinnati Reds. And we talked about the Reds, oh. notably because their third highest paid player is... Ken Griffey, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ken Griffey's their third. I was like making sure that they got the number right. Third, third highest paid player. Um, and I'm watching this Reds team. I, I don't know a single guy other than Will Myers, who's their second highest paid player on the roster. And I started to think, not that they're ter- <laughs> they're three and seven to start the season, right? The the Reds, uh, sorry, four and five now. Cardinals are actually worse at three and seven. But I'm I'm watching them play, and I'm thinking, if you are a Cincinnati Reds fan. This is such a season of renewal and excitement in the spring, just with the earth. The grass is getting greener. Yeah. 
You're mowing the yard. You're joining the Thursday Night Mowing League with Joe Kinsey and Outkick. Everything smells a little bit better. The weather's getting warmer. Your baseball team is taking the field. And then I look up at Royals fans, Tigers fans, Reds fans, Oakland A's fans, and I'm thinking, this is now the beginning of your summer of discontent. It only gets worse from here. If you're off to a miserable start and you're those teams, keep in mind the Cincinnati Reds started last season 3-22. and You're not recovering from that, especially when you're as awful as the Reds were last year and probably are again this year. They've already won more games than they did in that 3-22 and stretch. They're 4-5 and to start. <laughs> they, they blew They're it. Like, great. The Braves blew it, and then the Reds blew it last night. The Braves blew a two-run lead in the ninth. They go to extras, the Reds score, and then the Braves promptly first pitch of the bottom of the 10th hit a two-run homer with a runner on second to win the game, walk-off style. But I'm watching the Reds leave the field, and I think, man, this is a fun time of year if you've got a baseball team you think could be pretty good. Even if you know they're not great, if you're off to a good start or you've got a long summer ahead, you're thinking this is a marathon, not a sprint. This is going to be a fun time of the sports calendar. But if you are a fan of one of these teams that does not invest – in their oh. team, and you're off to a bad start. Hutton, you've got from now, you got the NFL draft coming up. Maybe you like the NBA and NHL playoffs. Probably not. Right. And then you've got this long chunk of time to just keep up with a miserable baseball team until you get to September and the start of football. That is awful. I feel really bad for fans of those teams. And we know diehard fans of the Reds. Oh, specifically. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, they got I, a big following in the Mid-South. Yeah, so uh, a funny tie-in. Uh, the, the story that we were going to reference yesterday. So the, the pace of play is speeding up and putting more pressure on the Bat Boys or Bat Girls, right, to get, get things done at the plate for the next group to come in and speed things up for TV. Well, you know, they, of course, some of these guys are, that are doing this, they're not boys, they're men or women that are doing this. They're in their 20s, 30s some older, uh, and some are, have this as their, their full-time gig. They make up to 50 grand. Uh, that's with the Royals. Has, the Royals have that job listed between 39000 and 51000 per year as the person that retrieves bats and does more. But the Reds pay $16 an hour. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious that that's the range per USA Today when they were trying to put in context, like the pressure on these people and uh, what they're making. And then there's like, and by the way, Cincinnati pays 16, 21 an hour. I mean, it, you can make more McDonald's. <laughs> Hutton, it's like they're owned by Rachel Phelps from the movie major league. Remember when Marge shot was the owner. Oh, yeah. Marge shot was better than, than what's going on right now with this ownership group. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's like Rachel Phelps, the owners in a, I think the opening week interview a year ago, just basically said, Hey, if you think you can do better, this team could move. Just be happy you have this team here. We could make a lot more money elsewhere. I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's a way to get the fan base really riled up. We're not going to spend a dime right. on this team, and you guys better just be happy that you, we got a baseball team. It's the scene in Major League where they're at the party, and the woman says, oh, Cleveland still has a team? <laughs> and the, the player says, yeah, we have uniforms and everything. That's the way the owners treat the Cincinnati Reds around town. Be happy we still have uniforms and you have a ballpark to go to if you yeah. want, but most of you don't want to go to the ballpark because the team is terrible. Um, Chad, the, we know the Pac-12 television deal is terrible currently moving forward for the conference. And I, I, it got me thinking, there's a report out that 
Uh, we, and we referenced this last week. The corner programs uh, for the Pac-12 could be targeted for the Big 12. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. In thinking about the, the, those boundaries with those programs, Colorado is a no-brainer now based on Dion and the buzz and the hype. NIL, uh, the, the evaluations and the projections for what players are going to make annually – Right now in the top 10 and on three, two of those players currently in college football are with Colorado and Prime, Coach Prime. The, the eyeballs that are going to be on the product, um, just from a fan base interest, but also the national network interests, the highlight interest, the reality show. The cameras follow him everywhere he goes uh, across the program in, in any locker room or any state as they travel throughout their schedule. Chad, the, his job at Jackson State had a more consistent television package than what the Pac-12 is trying to put together right now. Think about that. And if I'm prime, I'm not just leveraging saying, hey, we should take a look at the Big 12. I'm saying, let's do it now. Let's jump in now and maximize what we're building because if we're going there anyway, let's go ahead and jump in and get a head start. Because right now, you're be competing against Texas and Oklahoma, but not for long. And then you have prime running things. If you look at the, if we were to rank the coaches in the Big Twelve, um, I mean, he jumps right into the mix. And I mean, we know he's going to recruit nationally. Yep. But he gets as much exposure as the top coach in the conference. I don't know why they wouldn't automatically make the move and guarantee themselves the brand that's going to be on television week in and week out instead of once or twice a year based on if they can get on CBS at night, if they're a top team in the conference and if they can get the clearance by the network to do that when they don't want to run over or overlap what they're going to do with the Big Ten. Yeah, and I think Colorado, there's not, it it doesn't blow you away with the matchups you'd certainly suddenly have with them as opposed to the Pac-12, but I do think it makes a little bit more sense to play Kansas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor. Yeah, just as go. opposed to to going to California and playing but, the schools there. Right, but it, moving forward, it's the TV part of it. Yeah. That, that's the biggest issue. But also, they're going to be at fourteen. You know, you need an even number. I mean, if I'm the Big Twelve, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State can stay together. Colorado, Utah. If you need a partner to bring over, those make a lot of sense. If you want to just go to 16 right now, you got 14 with the four additions coming over. Was the Big 12 was 10, which can be math can be very confusing. But bringing over those four, I think you bring over two more. Colorado, Utah would be my picks. We'll get back into it with our new media consultant about hypothetical and, additions, subtractions, and conferences. Those are the two I would target. Yeah, I wouldn't wait on the new deal. I would just go ahead and say, hey, uh, every year for the last two years on July 4th weekend, there has been conference realignment news. And the Big 12 then reacted and reacted well compared to what we've seen in the Pac-12. But if I'm the Big 12, I go ahead and try to grab the conference, uh, the, 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 player, uh, the players and coaches and the fan bases I can now instead of reacting to whatever this TV deal is going to be. And it looks like it's going to be a hodgepodge. But still, I wouldn't want that program locked into a new grant of rights for any reason if they can get out now. And Colorado should do it. Well, in Colorado, Deion Sanders at Colorado has just completely transformed That's, 
what that program That's the only reason be. I would want to do it. They were not desirable at all for anyone, but with him there, now you also have to factor in what happens when Deion Sanders gets a better offer and bolts. You're right, right back to being Colorado. Sure, but you're... But, but you you're would a, think that's years away. And you would be hiring from a different pool, though, I would think, based on being in the Big 12. Well, yes, being in the Big 12, but also you're going to raise a lot of money with Deion Sanders being there, so... Deion Sanders can help raise the profile financially of that program with donations from from boosters, with facility improvements. They're already knocking it out of the park with ticket sales for that team. So all of those things can contribute to it being a better job for the next coach. Chad, Cliff Kingsbury is back in college football. Back and with Lincoln Riley. He is uh, teaming up with Lincoln Riley at USC. Uh, he just could not help himself. He is with the Trojan family back out west. I do appreciate Cliff Kingsbury, who was there for 42 days before. He was offensive coordinator for 42 days for Clay Helton. And then he got the call from Arizona and went to the NFL. And no one blames him for that move. I like to look at the alt-reality of, of, of Cliff Kingsbury doing well for Clay Helton and how that could possibly lead to either Cliff Kingsbury being the head coach at USC at this point or Clay Helton still being in charge and Lincoln Riley still being at Oklahoma and not being a part of the program. And now it comes full circle where he's back working for Lincoln Riley. I want to applaud Cliff Kingsbury for not falling into the trap we all thought he would and the joke that was out there immediately that he was just going to go to Alabama and be an analyst for Nick Saban and then be a head coach somewhere in college football again. Or be the OC. At least he went a little bit outside the box and he decided to be an analyst for Lincoln Riley instead of, of Nick Saban. I think it's brilliant for Cliff Kingsbury from this perspective. He's not tying himself to Lincoln Riley. He's tying himself to Caleb Williams. Mm. So this is a guy who has been around Patrick Mahomes in college, been around Kyler Murray, been around some really good quarterbacks, and now he can come in and say that, I was around Caleb Williams, possibly next year's number one overall pick, and that's just going to help his profile even more for whatever job he wants next. He doesn't want to be an analyst at USC for long. I'm assuming he wants to be a head coach again relatively soon. This is a nice launching point for that. A soft reopening for Cliff Kingsbury back in college football. That's right. Uh, Davey Hudson, uh, across the room from us, you, you said it's like he didn't even leave Arizona. You didn't leave for Arizona and be the head coach of the Cardinals. Uh, very much so, Hut. And to kind of just come clean, I took the easy route and the image that you're seeing on your screen, I just pulled that from 2018 as well. So that's not even the new <laughs> uh, one. I don't, I don't know if UC's actually even tweeted that out yet. Welcome but, to the Trojan family, yeah. Cliff. But, man, time is a flat circle. It really is. Like uh, Matthew McConaughey once said in True Detective. I mean, I would have just used that, I mean, too. Cliff Kingsbury looks so good, too. I didn't know that was him five years ago. He's aged very well. You could have told me that's Cliff Kingsbury today, and it looks exactly the same. Yeah, just uh, maybe uh, he's got the uh, the suntan going because of where he's been. Where is did it, he go? Is it Kingsbury or McVeigh that has the um, – McVeigh's married now, but that has, like, the Ukrainian model girlfriend? Oh, I, think, I think that's Kingsbury – but is she trying did, to break it in Hollywood? Did, no, no, no. Didn't she just leave? She left the resort that they went to or the country that they left to. Uh, Thailand? It, it was a Thailand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she left early hmm. from Thailand, I believe. Maybe she did have the, uh, the modeling career to get now, back to. Now, I do know that McVeigh's wife is from Ukraine because he made the comments about he might not come back to coaching because of the war in Ukraine and her family, like, 
having some issues over over there. So they're both the connected season. with that. I I just thought Kingsbury did. I immediately thought this is also nice if she's trying to do something with modeling, acting, whatever in Hollywood, that he can go be Maybe an analyst so. at USC. What a gig! They could go hang out and disappear in Lincoln Riley's massive mansion with the $20 million mansion. I'll never forget the shot of him during the COVID draft. Yeah. Just chilling in his mansion in Arizona. Hanging. What King, a life. Kingsbury's girlfriend's Polish. Oh, Polish, Chad. Sorry. <laughs> Veronica. <clears throat> Trevor in the YouTube chat says McVeigh has a Ukrainian wife. And then, but which has the model? The, the, I think I they're, mean, both, they're models. both models. I think, yeah. But both would leave the, would, would leave Thailand? You're saying if they were on a vacation, they both went for Eastern European models. <laughs> Shocking! I, for one, am appalled and shocked. And chances are they have more. Than, both these guys would have Eastern European model. Let's be girlfriend honest, they, wives. McVeigh also has a Polish model, and yeah, they yeah, Kingsbury also has uh, Ukrainian. They uh, get they girlfriend. As you know well. they they do well is what we're saying. No problem. Yeah, no problem in that department. No problem for the ACC. Jim Phillips is re up for a three year extension. That's huge uh, as the ACC commissioner because. Whatever the, the horizon looks like, I would have thought the Big Ten would have pounced on the guy that finished second to Kevin Warren in the last hiring process to take the Big Ten to the next level. Because I think whenever you start to mention Greg Sankey, okay, who's number two? It was Kevin Warren. But after that, it was Phillips. And now he's staying with the ACC. That is great news for the conference as they try to determine the direction that they're headed. And, Chad, as they negotiate with the programs that feel like they're propping up the rest of the Atlantic Coast Conference, namely Clemson, Florida State. They've said that. But beyond those programs, I mean, you're going to have everybody that, that is going to be fed through the college football playoff moving forward and all of the ties to the, the right of grants agreement and look around and go, okay, we need a bigger piece of the pie. Jim Phillips has done a nice job handling it so far, and he's in charge of making sure it works where no one's going to jump ship. That's huge. Yeah, no, it's good, it's good for the ACC. I, I'm curious as to just how much in play he was with the Big Ten. Clearly this, not. this may have been a move where, you know, it's convenient that there's an opening, but he really wasn't in play. But, yeah, I mean, I think consistency and leadership is important, and that's going to be important for the ACC now because – the tectonic plates of college sports are still continuing to shift below everyone's feet. Yeah. And you want to be as stable as possible when things start to move again, and they will. And when you want a seat at the table, Jim Phillips, can he can have a seat at the table. I don't know for how long with where we're headed with the Big Ten and the SEC, but the ACC has ensured that Phillips can pull up a chair and at yep. least have that discussion. Uh, we'll do that with Michael McHenry coming up. A lot to chat with him about in regards to the start of the Major League Baseball season. The teams that are hot out of the gate, starting with the Rays at 10-0, and and the organizations and rosters that we thought were going to be contenders. I'm going to ask him of the five that are you know slow right now, out of the gate, below 500, which one needs to pick up the pace the fastest? That's next on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Hot Mike across the Outkick Network rolls on. Chad, the Masters Tournament ratings as high as they've been since Tiger Woods' final round in 2019. Uh, they set a five-year high. They're crushing it with uh, the, the numbers. 16.2 million combined viewers to watch the conclusion of the third round and then the final 18 holes. I absolutely buy into the the argument that it's up because you have Kepka against Rom, you have Mickelson and Spieth, you have different storylines, but it's also Easter Sunday. And when you get home from Easter worship services and you have lunch and the family's there, the TV's on, and it's on Augusta National, and the weather was perfect for the second half of that broadcast on Sunday afternoon. I was shocked to see that it was the highest ratings since 2018, and um, that 2018 was higher than 2019 with Tiger Woods, the final round. That was Patrick Reed's championship of the Masters. I'm sure there were some other factors going on on that Sunday that led to that, where Tiger Woods wasn't it, but um, what I read was highest rated Masters since 2018. So of the last five years, but 2018 actually higher than 2019, which shocked me when I saw that. Either way, great news for the Masters and for CBS. And you had Mickelson and the, the final round 65, right? Like it's, it's no doubt the, the impact. Again, I go back to what we opened with yesterday. The, the impact of what it could do for the PGA Tour is great because they're continuing to build stars and they're not having an issue with that, with the other uh, players opting to take the take the check, take the bag, and and head to the live tour, but at the same time, Chad, the I, it's it's a massive deal that Kepka and Mickelson were back in the broadcast mind of what we saw on Sunday, what we saw in contention on the leaderboard, and the fans and the reaction that you saw around 18 for Mickelson. That's huge. For them moving forward. Now, it's huge for the majors because it's not like 
the fan base as a whole is going to gravitate to watch them uh, on the live tour, but that's not a problem. They're getting paid and they're getting the exposure and they're competing against the best. And I, I think that speaks to the fact that I, the narrative of, oh, they're washed up, they're not. And they can still compete moving forward. Uh, you're exempt for five years if you win a major right now and other uh, other majors tie in for the specific major for the PGA Championship. You can do it for, you know, up until I believe you're 60 years old. That's the yeah. open. And then, of course, Augusta National, it's for life. I should correct. Overall, the Masters, highest start to finish since 2018. Sunday at the Masters with Tiger Woods, slightly better than this Sunday. 10.8 million for Tiger Woods Sunday round. Yeah. 10.17. I read the Masters ratings were up highest since 2018, but they're talking about the entire tournament was the highest it's been since 2018. Sunday's final round was higher for Tiger Woods in 2019, which that's the one we all remember. (laughs) So that would make sense that that one's higher. What do you make of the, the John Rahm trailing by four shots to begin and then coming back to win and not just win, but after the sixth hole on the final round took over and never looked back, but he still had to look forward on the leaderboard to Spieth and Mickelson who were making a charge and Spieth admitted like he was just trying to go shot for shot with Phil. And it was Mickelson that was really leading the whole charge towards the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I think John Can you imagine Rom, if Mickelson won that? Well, Rom is mostly agreeable to, to sports fans. So the, he's not divisive. You know, he's not American. Yeah, right. A lot of times Americans will go for the American, cheer on the American if they're in contention. But with John Rom, I feel like everybody likes him. They're good with him. So him winning it, people were behind that. But then you mentioned it, Hutton. It's the depth of names at the top. Yep. Rom, Mickelson, Kepka, Spieth having a, a, a he was eight under at one point for his round on Sunday, made a big push. Scotty Scheffler, all those guys were at least somewhat close to the top of the leaderboard, which helped everything. And I, uh, huge for the PGA Tour because no Tiger, no Rory McIlroy, no Justin Thomas. I mean, we continue to list those who didn't make the cut. But those would be included in that base that came together when others were leaving the tour. And they weren't on the leaderboard at all. Meanwhile, you have some young names, even amateurs, making a move. We, uh, we've got a former pro with us right now. And he's a pro when it comes to uh, analyzing Major League Baseball. Michael McHenry joins us. Uh, Pirates analyst, AT&T Sportsnet, and also Major League Baseball as well. The Fort. You can follow him at the Fort McHenry. Good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Things are a little strange today. We've had three people call out sick. All happen to be producers. So <laughs> I got a little test today and produced a little bit of a show to wow. help out. And been a little bit of a disaster, but chaos is okay with me. What do you make of the ten and zero start for the Rays? The the Best start we've seen since 87. Honestly, you can never bet against this team. It seems like they're just a tick ahead when it comes to seeing the big picture of what they want to do, whether it's analytically or it's the human being. And they've done a really good job, even dating back to when I played with them in 17. My last year, we won the national championship. And it just seemed like we had a knack to put a maybe a little bit of sprinkle or fairy dust on these guys and make them better. It was, it was remarkable but they did it because they had guys in khaki pants in the front office 
that relayed information to guys that were really smart that were on the field that were baseball dudes. They had a really good balance. I think that's the biggest key because you can have all the information in the world, but if you cannot relay it well, you can't meet the human where he's at, you got a big problem. Well, I mean, not only are they 10 and 0, they have scored 76 runs, they've allowed 16, and they've <laughs> of their wins, they haven't trailed at all in 8 of them. I mean, that that is remarkable when you actually dive into the 10. You're exactly right and that's probably the biggest key for them is their offense. They've they've been really really good over the last couple of years, the way they've been able to pitch, the way they've been able to play defense, even base running at times has been a little bit of key for them, but they've always done the little things right. Now they're doing a lot of things loud. And I think we can look back to the guys that played in the World Baseball Classic, the momentum that started, the belief these guys have in themselves, and it's just never slowed down. When you get hot, it's contagious. That's exactly what's happening right now. Everything's hitting on all cylinders. And you want to see it keep going because it's becoming a really cool story. Never seen 10-0, so it's really, really neat for me. Horrible luck for your Pirates, Michael, with O'Neill Cruz and the, the fracture. These new rules designed to protect the catcher have led to some awkward plate appearances by players where they don't seemingly know what to do, and it's led to some slowing down at times. Normally you're accelerating. What did you make of that play and then the ensuing brawl that took place afterwards? It's the reverse Buster Posey rule. So this, I mean, technically this almost the same exact injury just happened to O'Neill Cruz, maybe not as bad because of ligaments and he's not human. So probably come back like Wolverine. But when you think about it, guys, you get stuck in between. It's very similar to how targeting works in college or the NFL. These guys don't know what to do and there's really no definition to it. So he went in, you saw his hands go up and he was trying not to hit the guy, but he probably should have. And then when the catcher came down, he fell on top of Cruz and just started dog cussing him. I had to go back and look at the feed and listen to it. It was awful what he was saying to him. O'Neill Cruz is screaming on the ground. And the whole reason the fight started is because Carlos Santana, one of my favorite human beings on the planet, stepped up for his brother, hurting on the ground. And that's how it all started. It was a guy that maybe didn't have awareness of what was going on, didn't apologize when a guy is literally laying on the ground screaming because he just broke his leg. And that reality, you got to protect your guy. That, that's when I feel like teams really come together. It's a really tough day, but at the same time, you saw some camaraderie and one heartbeat come together. Michael McHenry with us on Hot Mike. Of the, of the Major League Baseball rules changes, when we actually get the, the full season in, do you think with this changes the direction of some front offices and how they put together their lineup, how they put together their roster? Yeah, I mean, I, I did some broadcast meetings early on, and they're not going to stop. These aren't the final rule changes. This is the final change of baseball. They want to try to be as new age and catch up to the NBA and NFL, so they're going to keep going. So it's going to constantly be changing in the front office. They're looking for different guys. I think we're going to see them look for maybe hitter first type mentalities, guys that don't swing and miss. That's the one thing that's a big problem in the game. It's no action. So I think you're going to see a little bit of shift, very similar to what the Astros have right now. They have a lot of guys that don't swing outside the zone, make really good swing decisions, put themselves in leverage counts, and then do damage. So you have a really good balance, a little bit more old school. When I grew up, you guys grew up, those early 2000s, watching those guys hit 320 with 50. I think we're going to start seeing them try to approach that. I don't know if they'll ever get there, but that's what they want. So staying in that NL Central with, with your Pirates, the team you cover, Cardinals off to a 3-7 and seven start. I'm not hitting the panic button on any of these teams just 10 games into the season, but do you see cause for concern with the Cardinals this season so far, Michael? No, 
never with the Cardinals. I think they're going to get a huge boost when Adam Wainwright comes back. He's one of the literally maybe best humans I've ever met in my entire life. He unpacked my bag when I got called up and fixed up my locker. He was a veteran. No clue why he did it. He's just a good dude. So I think him coming back is going to be a good jolt. I think they've just started off a little slow. Same as Tampa. They're not going to stay 10-0. There's a reality in this game. We're playing 162. The key is not to go all the way down to the valley, not to stay up at the mountaintop and then fall to the floor. You just want to try to stay as even kill as you can. I think the Cardinals are maybe the, the best organization at being able to stay even kill. And you look at the middle of the lineup, such with that new kid that they have that's so good right now. I don't think he's gotten – I think he's gotten hit in every single one of his first games. So we'll Jordan, Jordan Walker? Is that the Jordan the Walker. Yeah. I was trying to think of his name. It yeah. didn't come to me. Yeah. He's another guy. I don't know if he should be playing on this planet. May have to get a new league for some of these guys. So does the uh, does the equipment manager normally unpack the bag for you if you get called up and Wainwright just takes it, or are, are you supposed to do it as the newbie and like he just grabbed it? Did you have to watch him unpack your stuff? I did, and, and he was like, <laughs> "No, I just want to have I just want to have a conversation with you." I'm like, "Stop unpacking my things, man! I got it." I thought we we're gonna have to wrestle there for a second, but yeah, that's just what type of human he is. He wants to serve first. And I think that jolt he'll give that team when he comes off the IL will be big. Chad does that for my backpack each day. Yeah, going back to Easter, this is like Jesus washing the feet of the guests, you know, when they come in with that's Adam right. Wainwright when, when he knew they unpacking were deny your him, bag right? in, in front of you. Yeah. Not to say Wainwright's Jesus, but that's quite the humbling experience yeah. for a guy of, of, of his ilk. I remember a year ago, they were, uh, I think it was ESPN was doing the, the mic'd up for his start, and it was one of his last starts with the Cardinals. And I got more out of listening to Adam Wainwright, Michael, just warming mm -hmm. up in the bullpen before his start. He was talking through with the guys on the broadcast of what he was looking for, what he's trying to accomplish with these last 10 or 12 pitches. And then he's taking them out. He's like, all right, guys, sorry, got to go now. And he was saying what he's looking for in the first inning. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I just learned more pitching in that right there that I have in the last 10 years combined. I'm sure you have a similar experience when you get to talk baseball with a guy like that. Absolutely. And I, I could sit down for hours. I was, I was with a guy yesterday. He's our global and international scout. And we had connections all over the place. This baseball family is, is so tight knit and it's webbed together. It's so neat. And the stories you hear from whether it's a scout or whether it's a former player or a hall of famer, or a guy that just had a cup in the big leagues, it's remarkable. But if you can get inside their brain right before they're going to compete, that's a whole new level. That was one of my favorite things any team's ever done, and I hope we start doing more of it. So you're not worried about the Cardinals? Other teams nope, off to, to a, a slow start, though. White Sox, Phillies, uh, Mariners, so the Astros, too. Are, are any of those worth saying, hey, it's maybe time to pick up the pace a little bit based on where they're playing? I would not get high on the White Sox. I just got to watch them play. It doesn't seem like they're a team. It seems like it's a bunch of individuals coming together. I mean, they just had their closer, Lim Hendricks, ring the bell of his last cancer treatment. I thought they were going to come in here on cloud nine. They came in here stale. They came in here slow. Roberts went down, was probably a guy that people should be talking about more. He's he's unreal athlete, hits the ball well, does everything well. Maybe he doesn't like the game, but he's, he's unbelievable uh, at playing. So that, that team has a bunch of juggernauts that can't put it together. The Phillies are going to get Bryce Harper. They're going to get a huge boost. Not worried about them. There's a lot of teams that you just kind of step back and say, hmm, it's going to be put together at some point, including Seattle because of that fan base. Yeah. The way they were counting down, I mean, I'm sure that guy was peeing down his leg. 
four, three with the pitching clock. It was outstanding. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. And he, when Michael says when they came in here, he's talking about Pittsburgh and PNC Park. Uh, what was the atmosphere like for the blackout and uh, McCutcheon's return? Uh, poetic. I, I don't think you could have written a story any better. He, he, he signs here. He, he actually calls Bob Nutting and says, hey, I want, I want to sit down with you. I want to come back because his wife kind of pushed him not to go to the Mets, you know, take some time. And Bob Nutting's right down the line said, hey, we want this guy. Go get him. Signs here. They think he's just kind of washed up. He started out really, really hot, playing really well. Comes in. His mom sings the national anthem. It was a surprise. Someone got sick. She sings the national anthem. She absolutely blew it away. Family, uh, kids there, 42,000 people, the max amount of people in the stadium at PNC, which is the most beautiful ballpark in America, all black. Not a not a dry eye. It was going unbelievably insane from the get-go, and I think that's what he deserves. I think that shows what Pittsburgh can do, and it dates back all the way to 2013 when we broke that 20-year streak and made the wild card game and ended up beating the Reds and moving on. But this city loves its sports, and it'll stand behind its team. They just have high expectations to win, but they want you to play hard. And that's exactly what Kutch has done, and he's a great human, so the city was just ready to embrace him. Chad, what a view there. It's uh, it's a ballpark I have to get to at some point, Michael. Every time I see it, uh, I want to get there even more. And the Pirates are a, a good young roster. We talk about this with Hutton's Orioles. They're 5-5 five and five right now, but a fun group. But the question to, for me and the skeptic is always, well, when, when do they start to unload, right, with some mm -hmm. of the young guys they have? And I'm sure that's a, a question a lot of Pirates fans you talk to have about this young team. Yeah, when you start hearing buzz that, like, the Orioles are a great example and the Pirates, people don't want to play us because they don't know what they're going to get. We, we have that kind of demeanor of – Man, they could score 10, they could make two errors, they could maybe play like rookies, or they just could run and not stop. And that's the Orioles to a T. And when they get hot, they're going to get really hot, similar to the Pirates. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's when you're going to go. I, I call it the sense of urgency. I asked a couple of front office and uh, guys at assistant GMs and stuff, like, what's the urgency? He's like, they got to move us. And I think that's a really good way to look at it because if the guys play well, they can push hard. We have probably the best catching prospect in all of baseball. LA's got the number one, so they say. But if you look at the numbers, our guy was way above him. So I'm hoping that we see some of these young guys come up that I think baseball is going to love because they're not just good players. They're good humans. They're not scared of the media. And I think that's what the game really, really needs. Like you guys were talking about going right. Yeah, man. Hey, I I feel like in the past, recent past, Major League Baseball frowns on the individuality, the personality. Uh, but the, you know, the beer funnel home run celebration by Mount Castle, <laughs> I mean, that, please allow that to keep going, MLB and anyone involved that maybe. I mean, they're drinking water through they're it They're drinking also. water out of it. Yeah. But, but again, like, it's the. the it's great. The, it's, um, it's perfect. It's perfect it's for awesome. the game. And I hope this sticks around more than, you know, just what would be showing up the opponent or whatever the, the, the player's code would be. You guys nailed it. The individual needs to be heightened. I mean, Trout wearing the samurai hat the other day, too, yeah. and going through the line. I mean, that's the stuff you need to see. And and also, I think they could take a huge note from how college baseball got received last year. The buzz in Tennessee with the Vols when they were taken off, 
Nobody wanted to play him. They had a little bit of an attitude. You know, you, you saw a lot of trash talk, but dude, they were jumping up and down. It looked like they were playing a different sport. Yes. And that's what we want to bring into baseball. If they want to speed it up, let's bring as much personality as we can while we have the time in the game. Because if you don't, we got problems. We talk about Trout and Otani a lot. Aside from the Angels, the must-watch player right now is where? Jordan Alvarez. Astros. He was third in MVP voting. Nobody really heard about him because Otani's two players and Judge is bigger than this world. So he's a guy that I think he's hitting 350-something right now. He's got 16 RBIs already. He's just absolutely insanely good, and he's kind of an oddity. He doesn't swing outside the zone. He's a high-average guy, 297 career hitter, and he hits a ton of homers. So he's kind of that guy that you, you want to see because he's literally probably going to do something on any given day. Saw where the beer sales have uh, – they've pushed back the uh, the requirement of when they have to end beer sales now in ballparks. Games are shorter. I knew and they were going to do it. So standing ovation for them. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. It's too fast. Yeah, it's too fast, but they got to get the beer sales back going, so – well, and they've got, you know, there's ride shares out there now. Like the old rule is, you know, right. you don't want to They were there last year too. Ch- chugging beers up until you have to drive home, but just be responsible with it and sell the beer. People want to buy the beer, give them the beer. Sell the beer as long as you can in the game. So I'm I'm all for it. There's no doubt. You talk about ride shares. I there's there's a group of guys here that are that are riding people around in a fake John Deere tractor. It, it's unreal. I, I want to ride everywhere in it. Uh, you get every type of vehicle possible in downtown Nashville. So if you come As visit you well us know. down here, Michael, you're gonna you're gonna see every type of thing carrying bachelorette parties all through Nashville. So get get ready. I love it. I love it. Is there a duck? Is there a duck boat yet? Uh, we don't. They don't do much in the river. That that's a good good point. I'm just saying. You, you stay know, away from in the Chicago river. they have the duck boats and all that. Yeah, we need more river activity in Nashville. That's our. That's lane. the next step. Yeah. There you go. The next yeah, frontier, the Cumberland the river. river. There, right? Yep. I'm just saying, maybe maybe you guys team up, Hot Mike, Ducky Duck. I don't know. Figure it out. That'd be. I'm sick. sure Outkick will get right on it. I'm sure they're going to be all <laughs> over this thing. They're going to have boats out on the Cumberland River in no time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 shooting for a pirate ship here. Honestly, me and me and Andrew, that's our next goal is to try to get a pirate ship in the Allegheny yeah, with the a cap, cannon. Uh, the captain cannon. in the fort there, uh, Michael McHenry oh. has been our guest. Hey, man, thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to this whenever you have the chance to join us. Get back to producing and look forward to seeing you back on air soon. <laughs> Thanks, guys. God bless. Appreciate yeah, it. Man. Thanks, Michael. The Fort McHenry there. The Fort. Uh, the man. The man. Uh, Fight Club for Students. Crazy story, and Chad has a tie That's next on Hot Mike. Of course I do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chat documents show that a Tallahassee, Florida middle school teacher, Angel Footman, she's 23 years Scholars old. Scholars maintain. Yes. 
school administrators were also shown videos purported to uh, show several of the fights taking place that she allowed to happen. According to the documents, several sixth grade girls told detectives that they participated in planned fights during school hours, and they alleged that they were invited back for additional fights. They also say that the teacher made statements including 30 seconds, no screaming, no yelling, no phones. No, no, no video footage of these, these fight club fights and in then, the sixth grade then, classroom. Quote, stop pulling hair. Yeah, don't want to be hair pulling out there. So uh, I immediately saw this story. And my mind went back to something I thought that I remembered happening. Okay. And it was, in fact, two of my buddies that I grew up with that I was pretty sure was involved in something similar in an after-school program with small kids fighting each other. So I send my buddy a text, and I say, am I misremembering this? Or did two of our mutual friends do this with two kids, just two kids on a regular basis that were always fighting each other. And he said, yes. And I sent him this story and I said, they could have gone to jail for this. Something we didn't think about 20 years ago. You know, times have really changed, I guess, because it seemed acceptable back then. I will not name names on this one to protect the innocent, but Hutton, I can (laughs) confirm, can confirm. I know people that did something similar in an after-school program many years ago with um, a pair of siblings who like to fight each other. And they just allowed them to fight in front of the class during like recess. And this would go on. I do remember thinking, even at the time, (laughs) as a young man, I'm 20, 21 years old, I'm thinking, aren't the parents pissed? Don't don't someone go home and say something? The parents come in yelling and screaming and cussing? No, they probably go through the door fighting. I mean, I just, I feel like if every day your kids are coming home, and they're beaten up, you know, at some point you might ask the question, how is this happening every day? You've got another bruise. You got hit in the face of the rock today. I mean, how is, <laughs> what is going on? I mean, the, the parents either completely asleep at the wheel or thought this was some level of punishment the kids needed by fighting each other and fighting it out. But either way, I, I saw this story and immediately thought, Unfortunately, I think I know someone that was involved in something similar. They did not go to jail. She claims, this woman might. The teacher says that she did not organize fights in any way, but failed to call or help or take quick action to stop the altercations. She's been charged with four counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. I was curious on the charge. That's what you get if you don't stop the fights and you encourage no cell phones and... No hair pulling. Guilty, guilty, <laughs> guilty on all counts. That's my guess. Meanwhile, Dan Snyder, he still wants to sell the commanders. The question is when and to which billionaire group. Plus, there's a new billionaire who owns the NHL franchise. <laughs>